Hello, everyone. This is Grace Asagra, and this is Quantum Nurse. For today's episode, I have a special guest who is my role model and my nursing colleague and mentor. We have Barbara Matter. Mater. Mater. Thank you. So, welcome, Barbara, and thank you. Wel welcome to our audience. I'm so happy that we're here, and uh, I want to remind everyone that um, at the end of this conversation, Barbara Mader's information will be uh, below with the description of the episode. And thanks again for being here, and I know it's been a busy day, but here we are. Okay? Right. Okay. Let me read a little bit about you. Barbara, you have been a registered nurse for over 60 years. Yes. 15 of those years were in public health in a city on the border where you learned a new culture and a new language. The past 30 years have been devoted to holistic nursing. In 1992, you created the High Mesa Healing Center, where you practice many modalities of holistic nursing. You are an international traveler and you follow your love of learning and integrating the many ways of healing. Thank and you. That's only a little bit about Barbara. We'll, she'll tell us more as we go along. Tell me about this new culture and the new language. Well, it, when I got over the shock, it was beautiful. I loved it. I was a public health nurse for the Hispanic people in El Paso, Texas. And I fell in love with each and every one of them. They taught me so much. They taught me, like I say, the language and the culture and a lot of new things that growing up in the Midwest and living in the East, I had never experienced anything like this. Their community involvement and their love was phenomenal. And they included me. And I went in as not a very effective nurse because I couldn't communicate and they were patient with me until I got my skills up and it was wonderful and I'm grateful for it. How did you end up in that area? Well, is, is that where you were living already? No, um, my husband, was working at Syracuse University and he was with a, a, a group that was sent to El Paso, Texas to White Sands. And they said um, they wanted us to come back after two years being there. And we said, no, we're not going back. So he found a job at White Sands when they weren't hiring and he was paid less, so time for mom to go back to work. I'd been home 20 years and raised four kids, 
And so here I go back to work, needed to brush up on all my skills. And I took it, my education very seriously. And that's how we got to El Paso, Texas, until we begin to lo love it. What made you decide to create the High Mesa Healing Center? I asked that question because you founded it in 1992 when, if I remember correctly, the word integrative was not even that popular yet. Wasn't no, it wasn't. Yet. Yeah, so uh -huh. for me, what made you do that? And I look at you like a trailblazer. <laughs> okay, so I want to hear more about the... Or, okay, or, yes, this also... <laughs> And thank you for sending me this opportunity and the questions that you asked me. You asked me what was my aha moment. Okay, I'm going to put it in here because this is where it started. I was working in public health and I was in an administration and I was being bullied. It was horrible. And one day, this a woman came into my office and she'd been in my Sunday school class and she came in with a packet and said, Barbara, you resonate with this group and I think you and I should bring the holistic nurses into El Paso. Okay, so she left me the material and she was gone and I never saw her again. So I took the information Information, the contact information and made the connections and started a group in my home in El Paso. And in that, I began attracting people who were open-minded, people who were holistic, and people who resonated with my belief system. And so we'd meet once, I think weekly, we had all kinds of speakers and everything and um so that is how that started and then the word got out and people started coming from different states different regions to be a part of our group and then um one day after i had quit uh my health health department job then i got the i got the idea and i was told that I could live anywhere. Oh, really? So we had been up here skiing and hiking, and this is a resort place. It's paradise. So we came up and looked around and found a place and made an offer, and there's just so many challenges that we went through, and we went through every one of them, and came out the owner of this place that I turned into High Mesa Healing Center. It was a house and it had been owned by a doctor and the doctor had built a horse barn on the property. And I looked at that and I thought, you know, I'd been working out of my home and I turned that barn into the healing center and the bookstore. So the horse stalls are now treatment rooms. 
and more people began to come and to work with me and to do things together and it just blossomed it just blossomed and i kept going to the holistic nurses meetings because that's where i met people and um we would collaborate on workshops and things was that was that truly inspiring for you that you didn't have to look back and have no regrets in living a a uh, let me just say maybe a financially stable job um when i got re when i accepted it uh i was a little concerned because i invested a lot of my own money into into converting this building and then we built a yurt and we got more and more and I really wasn't making money. It was breaking even, but I was at the point where I was getting a retirement check. I was on social security and I also had a retirement check from the city of El Paso. So that gave me a cushion that I could, um, I could do, do fine. I could do fine. And I wasn't concerned about making a lot of money. Thank goodness. But, uh, and it was funny because when I first came here, it was like, oh, who is that? And what is she doing? I think she, oh, people got scared because I was doing energy work. I was doing Reiki and all these different modalities. And we had uh, the Native Americans came and we did uh, sweat lodges and vision quests. We did a lot of things and people didn't understand. And so, a friend of mine who was on the health council, and this is the, all the different modalities, different agencies gathered together monthly. And she said to me, Barbara, you know, we don't have anybody holistic on the health council. Why don't you join? So I did. And I would report what's going on out here and inter let, interact and entwine with mainstream medicine, mainstream healing. And they realized I didn't have two heads and, and that I was a normal human being. And they started accepting me and I joined the council. I integrated myself into the community, not just the holistic community, but Main Street. And uh, that uh, brought me in a lot of friends and support and a feeling of community. And it's always been, as I look back, when I move somewhere, I start building community. I think partly because I was lonely coming into a new place. I want new friends. That was part of it. But I also wanted to see people networking, people helping each other working together for the benefit of the good and so i look back and that's exactly what i did here that i organized we had a group of um, health resource people and i put out a directory and it went in well it just went for miles 
and we got feedback from that and we would collaborate on workshops and different things locally and regionally and then i had people coming in from out of the country i had a um, representative from london university came and she wanted us to do a shamanic workshop so we did and she brought her student it was like oh my gosh and then i was invited to go to mexico to guanajuato university which is very highly respected and usually you get to go once they invited me back and then they invited me again so i went to three different and made three different presentations at a collaborative group of um, universities there in Mexico and beyond. And, and if that wasn't enough, that was the educational part. When I was in El Paso and just getting started on this trip of holistic nursing, Umbotsman, who's a Mayan elder, would come to El Paso and I'd attend his classes. And he started coming to my place and teaching there. I move up here and he comes up here, which is two hours away. Anyway, Umbotsman had a healing place, a ritual, sacred place there in Merida, Mexico. And um, he had pyramids and all kinds of things there and we would do ceremony. And it was so funny, people have a hard time understanding how I could go and speak to the PhDs in the universities and then go into the jungle and I climb the pyramids. I said, you know, I had the opportunity. I said, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> And then they liked it so well that the, um, the president of Guanajuato University sat me down at breakfast once when I was down there and said, we would like to send students. I'd like for them to study with you. So I had two rotations of students from uh, Mexico and they came and it was an amazing experience. Uh, some of the time they brought their instructors with them. They had a lot of questions and they, <coughs> pardon me. They had a lot of questions. And when I was in Mexico, it looked to me like, and it felt like these students would graduate they go straight to the hospital and they never left the hospital. So they wanted to see and feel what community nursing was. So they came for about 10 days each and um, each rotation. And I took them to the hospital. I took them to daycare. I took them to the shelter for battered women. I took them to the Native American reservation. Um, I just, and they loved it. They were very open to see um, how you can do nursing in a different way. And I'm a holistic nurse. I also consider myself a community nurse. Um, 
and I've been active always because I grew up in the church and it has not always been friendly to what I wanted to do. So I would introduce the parish nurse program. Oh no, we don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> well, then, uh, how about if we have exercise? Okay, they let me have exercises in the church. And then we had the Peace Village Camp. And I needed a nonprofit to support that. They came on board and they, so I have, it's been my experience to learn not to accept no and to persevere if it's something you really believe in and just don't give up. I mean, it took me 30 years just to get an exercise class and just, I wanted a full health and wellness thing. And then I was able to get them to um, sign on as a co-creator with Peace Village, which we did for 17 years, which we're still receiving repercussions. People are making wild comments of their benefit Stabbing their kids in Peace Village and learning nonviolent conflict resolution and some of these different things that was were so helpful. I better take a breath and let you talk. <laughs> no. I get you don't ask me to talk because I don't ever know when to quit. <laughs> well, one of the things that I love when I'm speaking to someone um an elder for me, I that it's good to really listen because the stories are fascinating and so inspiring. And even if I heard your story already before, I can't seem to have enough of listening because there's, there's just so much love in the work that you did. And yes, persistence and patience and courage that you give. And those are all the values that I want for myself. And hopefully, our listeners and our viewers can have can cultivate the same values and and i see those traits in you grace i do see them and i feel them thank you the last time i saw in your post is you had a little video clip on the facebook and you were doing the labyrinth yes yes tell us more about the labyrinth Okay. Well, the labyrinth ties in with Peace Village because I looked down there one day and here was a woman and three little girls and Peace Village was different this year. It was virtual. It was not here on the campus like we always had it. So I go down and I talk to her. Yeah, she'd been to Peace Village and I explained to them how you walk it and what the benefits are and some other things. And as she was leaving, she said, um, you know, you worked on me eight years ago when I was pregnant with this daughter. And I thought, wow, you know, she, I worked on her in utero and she comes back for more health and wellness. It was, it was pretty cool. Well, the labyrinth is another thing that I picked up as a result of being involved with the American Holistic Nurses Association, because I'd go up to Albuquerque and Santa Fe, different places, and we would have meetings and classes, and we were introduced to 
the labyrinth. In fact, um, I studied with Dr. Lauren Artress, who lives in San Francisco, and she's brought the labyrinth back to life. It's been kind of a sleeper, but she brought it out and started teaching about it and uh, sharing it with people. And I, and someone said, you need to, you need to build the labyrinth. I said, oh no, I can't because, you know, my friend, he brings out one at New Year's and I help him. And I was told, look, you need to have a labyrinth because they are helpful and healing for the planet. It creates an acupressure point on the planet. It also makes a place where people can go and do their own private meditation as they walk. And as you walk in, you release. These are three R's to remember. As you're walking in, and it is a path that you put one foot in front of the other, very simple, and as you're going in, you release. You just say, I release anything that no longer works for me. Then you get to the center and there is a vortex of energy from that center. And you've just let go of everything that doesn't work for you. And the universe doesn't like a void. So you open to receive the gifts of the universe. Oh, hmm. And then you return, you start walking back out as you kind of review the whole process. And then we always stop at the edge and we offer our gratitude for having the opportunity to walk the labyrinth. And I also show gratitude for nature that surrounds the labyrinth, the elementals, the fairies, the animals, all of this. Walk it and interact with it and help to keep it clean. Now, when we first build it, Oh dear, <laughs> there were three, four women, four of us that built it together and uh, we were done and along comes some friends' dogs and they went to the center of that labyrinth and they would not move. They knew the energy of the labyrinth and it was like, oh my goodness, it really does work, doesn't it? <laughs> And um, this may be a little, well, I'll just say that the labyrinth is also an elevator if you're trapped in the third dimension to move to a higher dimension. And um, it's been known that they're all over the world. They come from many um, ancient traditions, the Celtics, the, all the indigenous people. They knew how to use their environment for their spiritual growth and their health and their wellness. And um, so we have it there. And um, I thought we had to constantly be doing ceremony. No, the, they, they feel it and they're attracted to it. And it's tell, me again the, tell me again the three, thing, the three R's so yes. that our audience will remember. Uh, first one is release. So you go in with the attitude, I'm letting go, release. Then you get to the center. 
to receive, to fill in that void, and then you return. And the path is sort of like life. You think you're going along fine, all of a sudden you have to do a U-turn. And then, and you can't get lost. And these are around the world. We have a had an international healer that was here. He went to Africa and built a labyrinth that's connected to this one. So can you imagine what the earth is like when we have these rays and of love and balance? And it balances the right and left side of your brain. And Harvard Medical School has one on their campus, and they have it so that their students can walk it before they take an exam, and they do much better. And uh, there are several in Albuquerque, and they're having them now in schools, hospitals, and churches. And there's an association, and we're under the list because people can come here, park their car, walk that labyrinth anytime, 24-7. So if, if a person has a, a space in their property, what's the smallest size of the labyrinth? Is, is there there's a particular des, design or measurements? Uh, there are several designs. We have a seven path, and it's a healer's um, labyrinth. And um, it's a feminine labyrinth. And with changing a few stones, it could become masculine. But, and there are many different ones. 11 circuit is a very popular one also. It's a little harder to build. And we taught uh, building the labyrinths. And you can make one as small as a flower pot, for instance. And when we had the Peace Village, they got them in their packet that were delivered to their home. It was a packet with uh, a labyrinth, and they could use it with their fingers. It still works. It's very versatile. And uh, you can find out more on the website. I have some books in the bookstore on the labyrinth. It's, it's, um, it's very popular. Perhaps, Barbara, at the end of our interview, you can please give me one or two um, reference book or whatever you recommend for the viewers or for the listeners. So if okay, okay later on, okay, then I could add it there, you know, even just one book or one reference. And of uh -huh. course, they could just Google that. Now, and ever since I really... Um, one of the other things that you usually do when we're together in conferences, you you use dowsing. You dowsing? Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, and you want to tell me why you use dowsing and how you use it? Okay. Just to describe uh, to them. I, I've seen you conferences, but please share it to our, our listeners. Okay. Hannah Kroger was my, one of my first most successful, uh, well-known healer. And she was a queen of, of dowsing. And so I learned how to douse with her. 
And so why would I need to doubt? Well, because I want to get my answers from my higher self, not for this brain that is small, but I ask to connect. And I was at, see if I would connect. Okay. And I'm going to say my name. My name is Grace. And I'm getting counterclockwise, which is a no. Okay. My name is Barbara. And I'm getting a clockwise. Now, you can program them to go this way and this way. But... For me, I like the clockwise and the counterclockwise. Okay, so I'm going to say um, this is the month. This is the month of August. Yes. Okay, this is the month of July. No. Um, when it would work a lot of times is when I need to make a decision on whether I'm going to give this treatment or this treatment, a lot of times I feel it in my heart. But sometimes I'll whip this out and say, is this the time for healing touch? Or is this a time for Reiki or whatever? And, um, and when I'm choosing flower remedies, this also helps me to make sure I have the right essence in their body. Um, has it ever failed you? Uh, not to my knowledge, but it, pro it probably has. The key is to, I need to get out of my personal, my personal mind into my I am, into my I essence, into my um, higher self. And then um, I, then I can be pretty, pretty, pretty accurate. And you can also use your hands and I can say, all right, you say this is good for me. How good for me is it? And if it comes over here, it's real good. If it's here, it's kind of weak. Or if it's this finger, it's kind of in between. But this could be a whole course on how to learn and how to use your pendulum. And you can use them in the grocery store. It's like you got a whole rack of watermelons. Okay, which one is for my highest and best good? And it'll show you. It's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love energy work. I love energy tools. It and works, doesn't it? Yes. You have yes. to really build a relationship with your tool and <laughs> do that. Wow. I'd like to go back to the book you asked. Um, I would say I'm also studying with Eckhart Tolle, and Eckhart is phenomenal. And he has a book, The New Earth. And he is, he's very helpful because, like, if I get in a place of concern or fear or worry, he reminds me that I need to go into the present moment. And his main his biggest book was the power of now but the new earth has a lot in it as we are moving from this earth to a new earth and how do we do it we do it by staying in our heart in the present moment and create our world around us and let that other world go and 
work with the heart. And so uh, The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, anything by him is good. Um, anything, um, oh dear, there's so many good authors down there. Um, and he has a lot of YouTubes. Yes, he has a lot of YouTube. Yes, he does. And they're very good. Mm -hmm. And I took one of his courses and it was very worthwhile. What's so important with spirituality in healthcare? What is so important? Important of spirituality in healthcare. Okay. When I, as I was growing up, and when I became a new nurse in my 18 years or whatever, you had the church over here and healthcare was over here. And this was split some years ago. Ancient times, spirituality was part of healthcare. And then people decided they wouldn't make a lot of money on healthcare. So they figured out a way to separate those and they could charge a lot of money for pills and this and that and the other thing. And um, they weren't always that effective. But in my heart and in my soul, I have wanted since I was a child to have my health and spirit to be one. I mean, after all, God created these bodies for us. So why do we keep him separate? Um, and um, Andrew Weil had a good, a good definition. He said, integrated healthcare is just good healthcare, period. I mean, he, he laid it right out there. And um, we sometimes forget that because it's like, what I do is more important than what you do. And just because mine is working with my creator and with the planet Earth, then it, it's not worth anything. You know what? That is not true. And health and wellness, it comes from our creator. And it, I have seen it so many times. I have seen miracles. And when it happens, it's just like, I had a woman get up and walk. It was like, and she had a PhD and she was the head of a university. It was like, but she, I had offered for her to come out and me to give her a session and she never came. So I said, Tanya, where are you? Why didn't you come? Oh, well, I can't leave the house. So I went to her house and I thought, what am I gonna do? All my tools are, in my office so i said a prayer and she fell to the floor and got up and danced it was like okay that wasn't any of my doing i cannot claim anything except i held space i held sacred space and she was ready she had she was ready and she went from that to driving all the way to minnesota and back by herself, it, uh, anyway, that was, <laughs> those don't happen every day, but when they do, I said, thank you, God. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, again, inspiring to hear stories like that, and I, we, we need to hear more and more. Yes, 
yes so that we can return to that wholeness you know yes yes just like and a lot of it has to do with our intention and our attitude i had a whitewater river rafting accident broke this arm in five places and the doctor said you will never raise your hand above your head don't think so and so here I am but he made fun of me because I went to my massage therapist a chiropractor a, a healer and all these different things and then I had real serious stuff with my eyes I'm now reading without my glasses how'd that happen I now see I that working. but anyway <laughs> <laughs> I see that I got worried when I heard you were in Philadelphia you having your eye surgery and so I was checking out your posting just in case you post less then maybe something is off but I know that you weren't posting less <laughs> you remember, yeah <laughs> yeah and, and of course you and I were together in China as nurse ambassadors that yes. was a fantastic group and for me again you know hanging out with elders who I can look up to and and that, that wasn't a very easy trip you know being in another country <laughs> that's true but it was a marvelous trip and I almost didn't go because I thought I shouldn't spend my children's inheritance and my husband says go if you want to go <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's another good thing. When you have a support, you know, we welcome the support. As you said, as you said, you never accept no or anything that says yes. You just go for yes and yes and yes. And, and when one door closes, another door opens. And it may just be a little crack with a little light shining through and pretty soon you go right in and away you go. <laughs> what would you advise to young nurses or nurses who have a similar experience like you being bullied or unhappy at work? That they're like me in what way now? You remember you said that you, that you were being bullied at work? Oh, yes. Yes. Whew. I think things might be different now. I don't know. But I was in an institution. They wanted my RN so they could do certain things. But then they'd put me in a position and try to shut me up. And what did I do? Well, I found the nurses at the university there at UTEP. And they would, they kind of knew what I was going through and they were supportive. And then I connected with some of the women at the YWCA and they were supportive. And then the health, the public health nurses in Dallas, in Austin would come out and they knew what was going on as well. So I knew that it wasn't about me. They knew and I got the point where I knew it wasn't something wrong with me. There was something out of place with the system. And the system I found was they really didn't want to be of service. 
It's like, get these people out of here. Get these, you know. And <laughs> I remember they'd need their immunizations before school, and they had to wait till the next Friday. I would slip out, and they would give me, and I would get, <laughs> I would take care of them. And it was like, um, they didn't want to overextend themselves. They wanted to be, uh, just draw their salary. And it was like, and I would have people come into my office and I had some people from the Catholic church who were organizing and doing some things for health and they were working with me and I took them into my director and introduced him. If I could make him look good, I was in good shape. But it was, you know, you got to realize that this was 30 years ago. And I'm, I don't think it's changed much. I don't think so. I don't think it's changed much. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the it's, corporation. Right. Mm -hmm. So what was the, what's the best advice that you received from anyone in, in your lifetime right now? Wow, I have had so many good teachers, so many. Um, the advice to go within and to create your world in your heart and soul and live in the moment uh, has been very, very helpful for me. Um, the book, The Four Agreements by Miguel Ruiz. And I saw him in El Paso in Albuquerque too, did a little workshop with him. You know, he has four agreements that make all kinds of sense. One of them is don't take anything personally. You know, they're gossiping about me and telling them what a terrible person I am. Okay, don't take it personally. And what were the other ones? <laughs> and, um, it, it just, there's just some ground rules there that really help. And um, having friends and someone you can talk to is important. Having a mentor is important. Um, your connection with your creator is important and whatever that is. And, um, and I've moved to the point where it's more about spirituality than it is about religion. Uh, I found religion kind of constrictive, and I'm still a church-going Christian, and I'm still volunteering, and I'm there as a role model, and people will come up to me, and this is not about me. This is about creator. They'll come up to me and want to be in my energy field. And I know why, you know, um, those of us that do this kind of, kind of work, Grace, that's one of the benefits is we attract, we attract people who need what we have. What we have is so precious, isn't it? It's so precious, and it's the essence. It's not about 
um, law and order. It's not about all these different things. It's about having the essence of our creator in our heart. And um, the abundance goes on from there. How can we, how, how can we, um, like, remember that, that, you know, about our relationship with the creator in these times when it's unprecedented and it seems like there's so much restriction in a lot of our movements and restrictions in or maybe not restriction, but censorship on what uh -huh. we have to believe. And how can we keep that faith that there is something much more higher than what's happening now? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, our connection with our creator, with our spiritual life is very personal and we can do with it what we want. We do have that choice. And when people begin telling me, you can't do this, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. I just nod and I've learned not to resist because that gives them energy when I resist them. I just back off and observe what's going on. And I say to myself, that is about him, it's not about me. And I just, peace be still. Peace be still. I just don't argue with them. Now, I used to. <laughs> I mean, I was a feminist. I walked with Gloria Steinem and, oh dear, other people and was very active in the Women's Political Caucus. Oh, wow. But now at my age, I feel that I can be more of a change agent if I stay in my heart and radiate love. Don't have to say anything. Just be who I am and just allow it. Okay, that's your choice. It's not mine. And I don't have to, just sometimes silence is the best way. But it took me a long time to figure that out. <laughs> and I have scars to prove it. <laughs> but it was a learning experience. As, as uh, I tend, I try to remember for that every morning that we have an opportunity to wake up, that's another opportunity to remember all the teachings, you know, and then you said, just radiate that love from the heart. And one teacher, or there are so many teachers always reminding us that just be love and just be that love. And... And, and it's good to remember to say it's not about you when something is, you know, then not to take it personal because that's another person's journey and just be love and be love and be love to keep remembering that. So what's your greatest challenge right now? Um, my greatest challenge, I don't have many challenges. Uh, living through what this world is going through has had some blessings for me. I've spent more time going within. And since I live at High Mesa Healing Center, I can walk out in the woods and talk to the trees. I can walk the labyrinth. I can do the Megan bit. There's so many things that I can do. And um, challenges. Hmm. 
and it's funny because I would say um, the virus and the shutdowns and all, and yet I don't want to give that that much credit and that much power. And as Eckhart Tolle teaches is live in the present moment because there's no stress there. Right now, you and I are sitting here together breathing and I don't have a care in the world. And I'm not worried about the future because I can only deal with the now and how I'm doing in this moment will determine how I'm going to be doing in the future. And there's no sense of worrying about the past. The past is the past. And I'm not going to carry that garbage, that baggage with me. So I would say just be in the moment. Do you have a favorite habit, daily habit or daily ritual? If it's only one ritual, what, um, is that something that you can share to others? Uh, yes, I, I get up and I go outside and I salute the sun and bring the sun in. And then I do the directions, the, the actually six, the four, then Mother Earth, Father Sky, Great Mystery. And then I do my meditation. Um, I have a, I think it's a cool mix, but some people think it's nuts, but I do a little Native American, I do a little Mayan, I do a little Christian, I do a little Buddhist, you know, it's like, I take what resonates for me. It's like what helps me to feel the essence of my creator. And sometimes it's in the woods. I, I took a workshop on loving and loving myself. And then I'd walk through the woods loving myself and I'd look out and I'd burst into tears. Those trees were all love as well. The trees, the stones, the you name it. Um, I just take every, <laughs> every opportunity that I have um and to express my love for myself and others and this was a big thing for me i didn't grow up that you were supposed to love yourself no and who do you think you are you're never going to mount the whoa <laughs> so you know we spend the first years of our lifetime taking on this program from our society and then as we get older, we have to <laughs> take them out and throw them away. <laughs> and sometimes I get messages in my dreams and things, you know. <laughs> One day I woke up and I'd been pulling pine needles out of my side. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Is there anything more that you want to do? Or where would you, how do you see yourself in five, ten years from now? Okay, I am in the process. I am so grateful. I have four grown children. They're each married to their original spouse. That's a miracle. And I have six grandchildren. And we get together once a year or whatever. And I just marvel at 
how fortunate I am. And my daughter from LA moved here two and a half years ago, brought her two sons, twins that were freshmen in high school and her husband, they were retired. And she thought she was gonna come and take care of this old woman. Well, she found out this old woman can take care of herself. <laughs> so she is now looking at how in the future she can set it up so she can buy this house, have the bookstore, have the yard, have the pavilion and all of that and to rent it. And her siblings are saying, great. And they're figuring out how, uh, as we leave these bodies and, and graduate from this dimension, that how they're going to do that. And so I'm in the process of sitting back, being a loving person, and hold this place in the palm of my hand, in my heart, as I watch her take over. She did Peace Village this year. And she did it in the homes. I mean, it was totally, totally different. And, and she can do it. She can do it. And I just passed the wand on to her and, and watch her and love her and her family. And I'm choosing not to be crit. I'm choosing to accept what is and bless it and keep moving forward in love <laughs> see i told you you're so awesome <laughs> and, I, world. and so what do you love most in your life i like being of service and i don't care how that comes across whether it's one-on-one -on -one or being part of a group but to be in the role and the attitude of making this place a better place. So I would just say, just being of service. And if that is a, a woman who's lost her husband, if that is a, a catastrophe or whatever, I can always send love. I mean, I know how to do that now. And, um, it's more than just saying, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. No, it's, it's more. And it's, it's, it makes me happy <laughs> to be of service to the highest and best good. It's fantastic. It's incredible to always listen to stories, remember, and then, you know, adapt some of the stories and see what this, this conversation brings to me and to our audience. And uh, do you have any few more thoughts and advice or suggestion for those who are dementia caregivers who at this point in their life, when, when centers are closed, they're, they're really with their families all the time. That's tough, yeah. Um, number one, I would say self-care. You know, the, I took care of my mother on her deathbed. I, I, it, was, it was tough. 
I had little ones and I had, so I can identify. So I would say number one, take care of yourself, love yourself, support yourself, acknowledge the gift that you're giving. Um, and I would say, find someone that you're close to. Could be one person, it could be two or three, but that you can share your pain with, uh, that you can release your pain. And maybe if, if you were close to High Mesa, I'd say come walk the labyrinth and be one of the women in our women's circle. Um, and may, of course, your hands are, you're pretty busy. You don't have time to create a community to help you. So find a group who are loving, who are accepting, and that you resonate with. Um, and that's my biggest. Okay, bye, sweetie. My daughter's just leaving. Here, I was just talking about her, and she's leaving. <laughs> but um, yeah, she's she's not having to take care of me now. But I have friends who are having to care for their parents, totally, totally, bathe them, dress them, everything. And I know it's tough. Um, That's powerful. It's powerful. No, it's very important to remember about the self-care, you know, and, and, and finding a friend, one or two to talk with. So that's one of my dreams, really, that this podcast could create a community. Like I do want to have some online support for dementia caregivers, because, you know, who are holistic support. Yes. Because well, yes. I know there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference. difference. Yes. Holistic support. One of them has uh, side effects, <laughs> mm -hmm. but loving them does not have a side yes. effect. <laughs> and and the conversation with someone holistic and uh, someone you trust also that's just different. Especially if you cannot see each other face to face, but the voice, the words, those are all important in this time of uh, restriction of movements. So yes. thank you so much. And um, I would ask you to pray if you wanna pray. Um, that, uh, this, this is one of my you know, significant moment for me is to be able to create this podcast so that uh -huh. I could make, have a sacred space and uh, a, and place, safe space for, not just for um, our viewers or listeners to see and hear, but also for practitioners to come together and share, share mm -hmm. what they have. So, and of course, just for me, you're living a legacy and I want that legacy to be documented. It's thank not you, that you need, you. not that you need more, but mm -hmm. it's energy is energy, good energy. Okay. Well, I could close with a simple prayer. Uh, when I first started working, I would kind of hide that and say it to myself. But now I feel so comfortable that, that I do it and people expect it and want it. So is now the time you'd like me to say a little prayer? 
Yes, please. Okay. Take a nice deep breath and relax, letting go, letting go, letting go. Father, Mother, God, we are so grateful. We're so grateful for your presence here among us, within us and around us. And we ask that you would bless, bless this program, bless this project that Grace has taken on, and may it touch the perfect people in the perfect way that would bring lightness to their heart, joy to their heart, and that they would continue to walk in the light and allow you, Mother, Father, God, and allow you to lead us, to guide us, and direct us to do your work in your way in this place. All this we ask in the Christ consciousness and all that is, and thank you. Amen, and thank you so much. And at the end, I will sh I like to share a quantum affirmation and I encourage our listeners to have a, an affirmation card. And I, what I do is I shuffle it and I pick one card for the day. And I uh -huh. intentionally say, what affirmation can I share with Barbara and also the listeners? I say this three times in the morning and three times at noon and three times in the evening. And what I got today is... Radiant health. I choose to keep my body super healthy. I take care of my body by eating a healthy diet, getting regular exercise, and by planning time to rest and recuperate. I choose to keep my body super healthy. I take care of my body by eating a healthy diet, getting regular exercise, and by planning time to rest and recuperate. I choose to keep my body super healthy. I take care of my body by eating a healthy diet, getting regular exercise, and by planning time to rest and recuperate. Thank you so much. And please tell them where we could find your information other than me posting it in the description. Do tell them where High Mesa Healing Center is. Um, it's... Um... In the southern part of New Mexico, about halfway between El Paso, Texas and Albuquerque. And you can find us on the website at highmesahealingcenter.com. Thank you, Bob. Thank busy. you, and thank you for the listeners and viewers. And remember, all her information will be posted in the description of this podcast, of this episode. And we're also offering a book, a complimentary coaching, so that, that if you have a question or something that we could help you resolve in that moment, and or I can respond to that, or I will pass it on to Barbara. Thank okay, you. very good. And in my language, I say mabalos. Thank <laughs> you. 
Don't let anything or anyone take the joy out of your life. Bye. Bye. <laughs>